Morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Wednesday, July 6th. We're going to start off with a little bit of history today. On this date in 1944, an estimated 168 people died in a fire in a circus tent. It all happened in Hartford, Connecticut, during a performance of the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus. On this date in 1854, the first official meeting of the Republican Party took place in Jackson, Mississippi. And on this date in 1933, the first all-star baseball game took place in Chicago's Comiskey Park. The American League defeated the National League 4-2. Let's hope today's forecast doesn't strike out. Let's head over to the First Alert Weather Center to see what Mother Nature has in store. And good Wednesday morning to you. Meteorologist Joey Silvan, a warm and muggy trip out the door this morning. We'll be near 90 at lunchtime. Heat index well over 100 degrees today. So make sure you're taking plenty of breaks in the shader and the AC today. Make sure you stay hydrated. We'll see temperatures in the low 90s. Heat index approaching 110 in some spots. Slight chance of a shower thunderstorm this afternoon. Better rain chance actually comes in tonight while you're sleeping. In and out with some overnight storms. A few more storms possible on Thursday. Friday rain chance about 40%. High 93 Thursday, 94 on Friday. Then for the weekend, looks like maybe just a little bit wetter Saturday compared to Sunday, 93 on Saturday, upper 80s on Sunday. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast, powered by the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Now, let's get to your morning headlines. A woman has died following a crash with a North Charleston police officer who officials say was responding to a shooting call at the time. As Ray Rader reports, the police chief says that officer was running lights and sirens when the crash happened. Investigators with the South Carolina Highway Patrol spent nearly six hours out here on Dorchester Road looking into a crash that claimed a woman's life. The collision happened near Scarsdale Avenue at around 5.15 yesterday afternoon. According to North Charleston Police, an officer identified by Highway Patrol as Officer Jeremy Kraft was responding to a nearby shooting at the time of the crash. Troopers say the officer was traveling west on Dorchester Road while the woman was trying to turn left onto Dorchester Road from Scarsdale Avenue. North Charleston Police Chief Reggie Burgess says the officer had his license sirens on while responding to the call and was beside himself when he heard what happened. He's trying to, you know, take care of folks and trying to be there for people. And um, uh, this really, these uh, incidents and accidents that, you know, you, you never get used to it um, because, you know, we were, try- we were trying to get down to save somebody and another person lost their lives. And this officer-involved crash is still under investigation by the South Carolina Highway Patrol. Reporting in North Charleston, Ray Urena, Live 5 News. Well, the woman's identity has not yet been released by the Charleston County Coroner's Office. This crash, though, happened about two months after another deadly crash involving a Charleston County Sheriff's deputy. Emily Pelletier faces three counts of reckless homicide in the deaths of Stephanie Dantzler and her daughters, Shanice and Miranda Dantzler-Williams. We now know the name of the man who died after being hit by two cars. The Charleston County Coroner's Office identified him as 22-year-old Alexander Jennings from New York State. Charleston County deputies say Jennings was walking on Solagree Road near Folly Road at about 2.30 yesterday morning when he was hit by a vehicle. That vehicle and another vehicle that also hit Jennings just kept going. Charleston police later stopped the car in downtown Charleston. The Sheriff's Office says no arrests have been made in the case and there were working to find out more information about the first vehicle that hit Jennings. 
We're also learning the name of a person killed in a crash in Ravenel Monday afternoon. The Charleston County Coroner's Office says 64-year-old McCoy Anderson of Hollywood died in that crash on Highway 165 near Hyde Park Road. Charleston County deputies say Anderson's truck crossed the center line and hit an SUV head-on. Two adults and a child in that SUV were injured, but all are expected to survive. A man accused of punching a North Charleston police officer in the throat over the weekend is now in custody. Aesop Wood faces several charges, including assault on a law enforcement officer. Police were responding to a fight on Pine Ridge Circle Sunday night. That's off of Sproul Avenue, not far from Firefly Distillery. Police told the two people involved in that fight that they had to stay, and that's when Wood apparently became angry and punched an officer in the throat. Authorities are investigating a boat crash near the Great Peavy River that hurt four people. According to Georgetown County Fire EMS, a boat hit something in the water in the area called Hellgate. That's between Lake Johanna and the Great Peavy River. Two people had to be airlifted. The other two were taken by land to a hospital. Officials with the Department of Natural Resources is, are investigating the crash. <laughs> Right now, nearly 20 states have red flag laws on the books, but South Carolina is not one of them. The laws allow courts to temporarily take away someone's guns if they're determined to be a threat to themselves or to others. Under the new bipartisan gun safety law, states can receive money from the federal government to build out red flag programs if they choose to have them. Democratic State Senator Gerald Jackson says he's already planning to introduce legislation aimed at doing that here. Meanwhile, Governor Henry McMahon Master says he has to take a closer look at the new federal law, but opposes any legislation that infringes on Second Amendment rights. We will eventually do this. The only question will we do it soon enough to save even more lives, and in this case, to take advantage of the incentives. We need to go by the Constitution, and I will not support anything that infringes on people's right to have and bear arms. Senator Lindsey Graham, who worked on that bipartisan gun law and voted in favor of it, says states without red flag laws like South Carolina can still receive federal money for crisis intervention and mental health programs. Tideland's Health recently received a half a million dollar grant to continue to provide health care to those who need it most and to expand their program. Yeah, the funding is coming from the Duke Endowment, a health-focused organization that serves the Carolinas. Lauren Quinlan joining us live with more on what they're planning to do with the money. Good morning. Thailand's Health and the Duke Endowment have been partnering for roughly a decade. In total, Thailand's has received more than $3 million from the organization to support their programs. Thailand's Health is using the money to support their community care network. Healthcare providers like nurses and social workers and community agencies work together to help patients navigate through barriers in the healthcare system. A few barriers they have identified include a lack of transportation to and from medical appointments, nutritious food, and suitable housing. So far, the net, through the network, they have been able to provide access to primary care, affordable medication, and dental care to more than 6,000 people, many who are underinsured or uninsured. The main goal of TCCN is to provide a primary care home for each individual, so we work to get them established in care to have a primary care doctor that they can go to so that if it's a non-emergency situation, they can go there instead of the emergency room. Um, and then also get them hooked up with anything they might need as far as long-term management of their disease. 
Kelly Kaminsky with Tideland says they also focus on a holistic approach to long-term care, partnering patients with dietitians, for example, to create better lifestyle changes. Anyone under or uninsured can apply by calling Tideland's Health's charity office, excuse me. For more information and that number, visit our website at live5news.com and click on this story. Reporting live in Charleston, Lauren Quinlan, Live 5 News. Well, the town of Mount Pleasant is two-thirds of the way through its trial period for a noise ordinance. Police officers are measuring sound decibels around town. They're considering a 55 decibel limit or possibly a 60 limit. Last month, the average readings were about 58 decibels. Council will decide at the end of the trial period next month. The last major wave project, major project rather, in wave four of the Charleston County School District's capital improvement plan is expected to be finished next week. The project added a new gym and career and technology education building at James Island Charter High School. It's a $25 million project that was started in September of 2020. The CTE building will allow students to study subjects like construction, culinary arts, and advanced health classes. The district has four other major projects currently in the works for Phase 5. Middle schools in West Ashley and Ladson, a support building for the Early College High School, and the rebuilding of Malcolm C. Hersey Montessori School in North Charleston, which is set to open in August of next year. One local marketing agency is taking applications for free marketing services for low country nonprofits. Molly McBride joining us with more information about the services and how you can apply. Good morning. During their 16th annual Create-A-Thon, Trio Solutions will work nonstop for 24 hours to provide free marketing and advertising services to low country nonprofits. Selected organizations may receive free marketing, fundraising, and social media plans. These can include logos, websites, and brand design. Over the last 16 years, Trio says they've donated over $600,000 worth of services. They will be accepting applications from nonprofits until the end of the month. Applicants are required to fill out a written form and are encouraged to submit a short video about why their organization should be selected. President of Trio Solutions, Jenny Dennis, says their team is grateful for the opportunity to give back to organizations that help the community each day. It's our way of saying thank you. It's our way of helping to continue with a lasting impact and allowing these people to go out and do even more good in the communities and the areas that they serve. Project details will depend on the capacity of the TRIO team as well as the specific needs of the nonprofit. For more information about how to apply, visit live5news.com and click on this story. Reporting live in Mount Pleasant, Molly McBride, Live 5 News. Celebrating a birthday this Wednesday. The 14th Dalai Lama is 87. Actor Burt Ward, you know him as TV's Robin from Batman. He's 77. Former President George W. Bush is 76. Actor-director Sylvester Stallone also turned 76. Actresses Tia and Tamara Mowry are 44. And comedian-actor Kevin Hart is 43. Happy birthday to them all. Thanks again for joining us for Morning Y'all. From Life 5 News, I'm Katie Kamen. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Morning Y'all is produced every weekday morning. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and download the Life 5 News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Life 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.